0: at the leading edge of a new year and, and you're like, uh, you, well, first of all, you, you contemplate and you meditate and you give this some serious thought and because uh, you choose a word that you want to be at the forefront of your mind through the coming year. And for some of you, it really does serve as a guide for you, doesn't it? So a couple people have done this. You know what I'm talking about. It becomes a source. I know this is true because I've done and I do enough life with enough of you to know that this is actually something you do. It provides a source of accountability, provides a source of conversation, uh, encouragement to you, especially when you share it with someone close to you. Um, And I think that's pretty cool. And I just want to encourage you and and to keep doing that, to commend you for having done it and uh, for being intentional and purposeful with that. So I hope you've got a word for the new year. For others of you, you've done this and you get to the end of the year and you're like, oh man, I need a new word for this year. I had one for this year what was that, I've got to go back through Facebook, through a whole year of Facebook to find out what my word was because you can't remember because it didn't really stick. Because, you know, last year this time you chose a word based on a a meme you saw on Instagram and you're like, or you're sitting at a red light and you're like, there's my word, you saw it on a bumper sticker and you shared it on Facebook and got 47 likes and then that was the end of it. So um, I'm not necessarily proposing that we all choose a word or a phrase or whatever. I'm certainly not suggesting we do that as a church, not this year, because I uh, don't want to be the one responsible for keeping that in front of you. That's just me. But even if just for this moment... This moment of transition, as we think back on a year that's ending and we look forward into all the possibilities of a new year, when I think um, about what I hope for our church, what I hope for your family, what I hope for you and your marriage, and what I hope for you as an individual, um, I guess I would put it this way, and this is what I want to talk about for just a few minutes this morning, is that I hope that in 2019 that you would stand apart. That in every area of, of your life you will stand apart. That you will stand apart in your character, that you'll stand apart in your integrity, that you'll stand apart in the kind of choices you make. Maybe the people who knew you in 2018 would be astonished by your integrity and your choices in 2019. Think about that. That you would stand apart in your courage, that you would stand apart in your confidence, that you'd stand apart in your sense of purpose, that you would stand apart in, in what you do with your talent and your abilities and your gifts and your strengths. That you would stand apart in ways that really matter in ways that make a difference in, the life, in your life and in the lives of others and in the life of the kingdom of God. But here's the thing about standing apart. And, and this is a biblical principle that we're going to look at this morning. And, and, and when I say just for a minute, I really mean just a few minutes. So this is probably the shortest sermon you're going to hear at Faith Community in a while. So don't get too comfortable and don't, don't leave. You don't want to leave because you might miss something. I haven't got time to catch up. I love this verse in the Old Testament, you don't believe me, I know, but I love this verse in the Old Testament, in the Jewish scripture, in the book of Joshua, the people of Israel being led by uh, Joshua now, after the death of Moses, and they're about to cross the Jordan, and on the other side of the Jordan River, there's a battle waiting for them. And by the way, they don't uh, know this, but they're going to experience a miracle as they walk through the Jordan River. And God parts the waters much like he did the Red Sea 40 years earlier. I can't explain that. Don't get it. That's why we call it a miracle. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this or found this to be true, that whenever God really comes through for you, whenever God, maybe he answers a huge prayer, maybe circumstances seem to come together for you in a way that you can't explain. It's like a spiritual high. It's like an, you ever had a spiritual high? okay. Glad you're excited about it. It's it's an epic moment, right? And you're like, I wish I could just live in this kind of moment all the time. And how many of you have found that right after that, there's often a letdown? Mm -hmm. There's a valley. Maybe even chaos or a sense of hopelessness or defeat or discouragement. You ever found that to be true? I think most of us, yes. Now you get it, okay. Well, right after there's the parting of the water at the Jordan River, so the Israelites can finally cross over into the Promised Land, there's a battle at Jericho. And Joshua knew that even though they were stepping into a moment uh, that was going to move them closer to their freedom, Closer to their destiny, closer to the thing that God had promised them, the promised land itself, that there was a challenge ahead of them. He knew it was coming. They'd scouted the land, and he had the foresight to see what was ahead, but he had no idea how God was going to lead them through that challenge. So Joshua has this thought, and this is where I want to just kind of land on this morning. He says this in Joshua chapter 3, verse 5, he says, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Isn't that a cool verse? Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Now listen for a second. I'm a bit of a stickler. Some people say nerd but on this. I'm a stickler on these things. I want you to realize, just, just listen, understand. This isn't a promise made to us. Okay? You're like, but it's in the Bible. It's not addressed to us. It's addressed to the Israelites in that particular situation. We aren't an ancient Israel. We aren't living under the Abrahamic covenant. This is... Wasn't a promise made to us, but it, which is true in a lot of the promises in the Old Testament, so be careful how you apply that. But I believe that in many of the promises in the Old Testament, we can find some principles that have application for us. We don't get to claim the promise, I'm telling you, which is why I care about this. When we do that, when we claim promises that weren't made to us, we are setting ourselves up for disappointment with the Bible. Or with God. So here's the thing about a promise of God. When, when, when God makes a promise, his promise is as good as done. Because God makes a promise, he will follow through. He always sees it through to completion. But principles, though, are different. Principles um, are precepts that offer general guidance. Uh, they aren't, they aren't, just I hope you understand this, they aren't guaranteeing a specific outcome. Sometimes it's simply a matter of improving the chances of a particular outcome, but they aren't promising a particular outcome. See the difference? And that's a little confusing, I understand. But this isn't a promise to us. It's a principle that we can apply to some extent. So there's, there's certainly wisdom in applying principles of Scripture as long as we don't attach promises where there are no promises. Okay? So he says, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things. There's, here's something that's definitely true. We all want the second half of that verse, don't we? That's true of all of us. We want the Lord to do amazing things among us. We, so even if you're not sure about Jesus, even if you're not sure about the Bible, even if you're not sure about what just happened over there in that tank full of water, even if you're not sure about the songs that we sing, um, I'm pretty sure you would agree that you would love for God to do amazing things in your life. I think sometimes we wonder, well, why doesn't God do that? Why isn't God doing amazing things among us? Why isn't God doing amazing things in our church or among my family or among my friends or at least in me and in my life? And I wonder if the reason is that we don't, that we don't get to experience God doing amazing things is because we've ignored the first half of this principle, which is consecrate yourselves for the Lord is going to do amazing things. If in this new year you want to step into and experience the amazing things that God wants to do in your life and around your life, you need to begin by consecrating yourself. Now, I know the word consecrate is not a word that we use a lot. You probably haven't used it this week. So I thought I'd give you a definition. Consecrate simply means to make or declare sacred. That's what it means. To set apart for the service of... the dictionary says a deity. I scratched that out and just said deity because we believe there's only one. So to, to make or declare sacred, to set apart for the service of deity. So uh, it, sacred simply means something that's connected to God. So in this moment in Joshua, in Israel's history, Joshua is saying, God's going to do something in this moment in time, in this moment in our story, God is going to do something extraordinary. Tomorrow, God's going to do something that will be talked about for generations. Tomorrow, uh, God is going to do something amazing. Wouldn't that be awesome if 2019 was filled with God doing amazing things? Wouldn't that be cool? Um, Can you imagine God doing something so amazing in this day that it's talked about and the story is told for generations and generations and for hundreds of years. Can you imagine being part of that? That'd be pretty cool. Can you imagine if you woke up tomorrow and you didn't just go to work? You didn't just show up for work and go through autopilot like you and do the go through your day and do the same things the same way that you've always done them with the same attitude that you've always done them? Can you imagine if you woke up tomorrow and said, God, I believe you want to do some amazing things in my life, so I'm expecting you to do some amazing things in my life. I'm ready and I'm done putting you on hold and putting you off. And I'm, I'm, I'm setting, I'm done, you know, kind of putting that off to the side and setting you off to the, to the side. I'm done with that. <clears throat> I think a lot of us are confused about life and how this works and how God works. I think a lot of us tend to think that God is holding back on us. He's holding out on us. That for some reason he isn't coming through for us. And you'll be like, yeah, of course, look at my life. But listen, many times it's not God holding back. It's us holding on. He says, consecrate yourselves. Set yourselves apart. You will stand apart wherever you've been set apart. You'll stand apart in whatever area of your life you set apart. But here's the thing. No one else can do this for you. It doesn't matter who your parents are or who your family is or what you think your reputation is or what you think people think about you. No one else can do this for you. So you're the only person who gets to decide what is sacred in your life. And strangely enough, this sounds weird, but you can be a sacred person because sacred simply means set apart for God. So right now, just look at your life and ask yourself, what are the things that I have set apart to God? Are my... Relationships sacred? Well, most of them, well, yeah, but what about that one? Are my aspirations, my dreams, my hopes sacred? Are my priorities sacred? Are my talents and abilities sacred? Are my finances sacred? Is my job sacred? Is my influence sacred sacred? You can know by the way, if these things are sacred, if you 've set them apart and said god i 'm going to set this apart for you in essence i 'm giving it to you. I trust you with my relationships, with all of my relationships, even the ones where I 've had to bend the rules a little bit, even the ones where I 've had to skip over some biblical standards to pursue them you know i 'm giving them to you now, and i 'm giving my dreams to you and i 'm giving my finances to you, and i 'm going to trust you with my future and I'm I'm going to trust you with my sense of security my sense of identity i'm going to trust you with all these relationships so i wonder if right here on the verge of a new year if this might be the time to decide what am i going to do am i going to make my resources sacred am i going to make my future sacred am i going to make my relationships sacred Everything that you set apart for God, that you say, God, this is yours. I'm done trying to manage it myself. I'm done trying to make things happen because that hasn't worked out so well for me. I'm done with that. This is yours. And everything that you make sacred has the potential to lead you into the amazing things that God is doing. And there's a reason that you have to make those things sacred. Because they're yours. God doesn't come along and steal those things from you, but he will receive it from you. Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things. This is incredible because what the Israelites are about to step into is a huge battle. They arrive at the city of Jericho. It's heavily fortified. It has huge walls. They're, and they're not a real army. They don't have any of the implements of war. They don't, the weapons they have are pretty crude. There's no way they could penetrate the walls of Jericho. There's just no way. It's not humanly possible for them to win this battle. And I just love the imagery of this. If you don't know the story, here's what happens. God tells them, take your army, such as it is, take your musicians, they're quite good, take the Ark of the Covenant, which was God, the symbol of God's presence, and just start walking around the city. Well, what else do you want us to do, God? Just, just, here's my brilliant military strategy for you. Just take some time and walk around the perimeter of the city. And oh, make sure to be warming up your voices, too, because you're going to shout, uh, but, but wait for it, don't shout yet until I tell you to. So the first day they walk around the city and the soldiers are walking with, their, with the musicians and they're told not to fight. And the musicians, the worship band if you will, they're blowing their trumpets and otherwise not doing a whole lot. They just walk around the perimeter of the city having a huge, maybe it's like a huge day long worship service, I don't know. But nothing really happens. And the next day they walk around the city blowing the trumpets and they do nothing. And the next day and the next day and for six days they just walk around the city blowing trumpets. And on the seventh day they're stepping it up a notch and they walk around the city seven times and they're just playing the trumpets and walk around the city, maybe singing some songs. And On the seventh time on Joshua's cue, they let out a shout, a battle cry and the walls of Jericho come crashing down and Israel won a great victory at Jericho. And I don't understand it. It's why we call it a miracle. The story seems like a perfect metaphor for our lives because there are barriers, there are obstacles, there are walls in our lives that we are powerless to bring down. There are battles that you cannot win in your own strength. There are obstacles in front of you, maybe right around the corner, that you are powerless to do anything about, except, of course, how you respond to those obstacles and how you respond to those, let's just call it what it is, those difficult people. You have dreams that you cannot fulfill in your own strength. You can try shortcuts on all those things, and you might even have some measure of success with that, but it won't be a complete victory, uh uh-uh. So I think this is a relevant topic for us as we usher in a new year, because listen, when you consecrate yourself, when you set yourself apart for God's purposes and for his glory, when you let every little part of you and you take it and you set it apart for God's glory, when you consecrate yourself, you tap into the source of God's presence and God's power. Consecrate yourselves, set yourselves apart for God. So let's just take a minute. Let's ask ourselves, what is it that I've been holding on to? What is it in my life that I really, I know, I haven't given that to God? And maybe your struggle isn't with belief, because you're here like all the time because you already believe, or maybe you've been coming lately and you're starting to believe, or maybe you didn't believe and you believe more than you used to, but maybe your struggle isn't with belief, maybe it's with control. Maybe in the depths of your soul you believe that you you just can't bring yourself to trust God with all of that. If I really handle my finances the way the Bible says to to handle my finances, if I'm really as as generous as it seems that God is calling us to be, then I won't have fill in the blank. And I won't be able to fill in the blank. And I have to wait longer so I can have and I can do. I'm going to have to actually save my money over a period of time. If I really approach my relationships based on what the Scripture teaches, if I really treat people the way I want to be treated, oh, and bigger yet, if I really love people the way Jesus has loved me, Man, that's hard. It's going to cost me something. Listen, I want to challenge you uh, to try this principle, put it to the test. To begin to actually live by this principle in Joshua. To say, God, I want to stand apart, so I'm going to choose to set apart. I'm going to choose to set, take this area of my life that I've been holding on to, And I'm going to let go of it. And I'm going to set it apart. It's yours. Use it for your purpose and for your glory. I'm finally going to, it's finally going to be true of me. I'm going to give my whole life completely to you. I'm going to give my heart to you. I'm going to give my fears to you. I'm going to give my doubts to you. I'm going to give my dreams to you. I'm going to give my reputation, my image, my sense of security and identity. All of that I'm giving to you. So I want to invite you to consecrate yourself. Because the Lord wants to do amazing things in your life. Let's bow our heads for just a minute. The band and the worship team are going to come. But while our heads are bowed, just let's think about, our, let's just think about your life. Not the life of the person that's coming to the stage right now. Not the, per, the life of the person that's next to you. Not your kids' lives, not your ex's life, not your boss's life. Think about your life, all right? We're there? Let's think about your life. What is it that needs to be set apart in your life? What is it that you've been holding on to? And this thing is what you need to let go of. When you set that apart, when you give that to God for his purposes and for his glory, when you consecrate yourself, you will begin to stand apart. Listen, if you're here this morning, you've never trusted Jesus to be your Savior, this could be your moment, this could be your day. Some of you, what you need more than anything is to begin a conversation that changes your connection with God it changes your life a conversation like many of us have had maybe some of us started that conversation years ago it changed our lives continues to change our lives if you're here and you're ready to to cross a line of faith and enter into a relationship with Jesus and to trust him with your life I want to just lead you in the simplest prayer you could ever imagine right now it's just a one-sentence prayer but I I think it's just the beginning of a conversation that will change your life forever and it's simply this Jesus I give you my life Jesus, I give you my life. Just pray that in your heart right now. Jesus, I give you my life. If you're here today and you've quietly trusted Jesus and you follow him most of the time, but you've never really gone public, this could be your day. Maybe it's time to follow Jesus in baptism, to publicly declare that Jesus is your Lord. Well, we've got water in the baptistry. We'll keep it fresh for another week. Come talk with me after the service. If you've been a follower of Jesus for a while, maybe for the last year, maybe the last few years, maybe the last few decades, and you know there are areas of your life where you're still holding on, you just won't let go, you're just doing things your own way in those specific areas. I mean, most, like God's got like 90%, but there's this other little section over here that you just aren't comfortable letting go of. So you know that you're not wholly consecrated. Your life isn't completely set apart for God's purposes and his glory. This could be your day to truly consecrate yourself, to let go of what you're holding on to, and to let God finally have everything. What a way to wrap up a year and begin a new one in surrendering our lives to him. In doing so, we're beginning not just a new year, but a brand new life, really. And I'm telling you, the act of setting yourself apart, the act of consecration is terrifying and exhilarating because when God created the universe comes into your life and you imagine something's gonna change, right? He has the power to create the universe with all of its majesty and splendor. Imagine what he can do with you. And a huge part of that is just opening ourselves up to him to let Jesus do his work of grace in us so we can be an expression of his grace to those around us. So I just want to leave you with this. When you come against those high walls, those walls that you can do nothing about, the walls that you simply don't have the power to bring down, When you trust Jesus with your life, the walls will no longer be a barrier to, God, to what God wants for you. For the Israelites, the walls came down. But for us, maybe the walls will still be there. You know, those obstacles are what we think we want. But they don't have to be a barrier to what God wants for us. And even then, you can experience freedom like you've never known. You'll experience God working in your life, using your story in a way that you could never have imagined. Because when you consecrate yourself, when you do the hard work of setting yourself apart for the purpose and glory of God, you've positioned yourself for God to do amazing things. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the testimony of our friends who follow you in baptism today. Thank you for those who played such a significant role in those lives uh, God, I thank you for the moment, to just the, the opportunity to just pause a moment and uh, reflect on where we find ourselves at the end of a year and, and before we turn the corner into a brand new year uh, to really do some soul searching. For some of us, it may not take very long to identify those areas that we're still holding on to. God, it may be true of us that we live lives that are wholly consecrated to you, wholly set apart for your purpose and for your glory not so that we can get you to do amazing things, but so that we are positioned to be a part of what you are doing. And we give you thanks for that in Jesus' name. Amen.